This episode of Writing Excuses is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash excuse to start your free trial membership. Season 11, Episode 2. This is Writing Excuses, how to get the most out of a conference with Kathy Chung. 15 minutes long because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Mary. I'm Dan. And we have special guest Kathy Chung. Hello. Mary, would you tell us how we met Kathy? So Kathy runs my very favorite writing convention, and that is the Surrey International Writers Conference. And this is not hyperbole. This is really my very favorite writing convention. And she also writes women's fiction. But the thing that she does with the writing conference is that she creates this wonderful nurturing environment for writers. It's a professional development conference, as opposed to most of the conventions we talk about that are uh, fan-based and and where you're going to celebrate. This is really about honing your craft. Excellent. Now, we have talked before on the podcast about going to conventions why you should go to conventions, how it helped all of us um, in our careers. Uh, but we have an expert here. And so we wanted to interview Kathy about con- um, conventions and conferences. Can you just tell us a little bit about your conference first? My conference is just outside Vancouver, BC, every October. This is our 23rd annual year. And we have 75 workshops, panels, and master classes over three days. Okay. Uh, all focused on professional development for writers in all genres at all levels of development. Excellent. And that is called the Surrey? The Surrey International Writers Conference, SIWC.ca. Excellent. Now, I've often spoken about the difference between what I call a con, a convention, and a conference. Um, do you see a distinction between those two things? Have you been to many cons? My perception of cons is that mm-hmm. they are primarily reader events, uh-huh. that they are to celebrate the books and to listen to the um, author's talk or to read about their books and less about growth as a writer. Now, where there are certainly panels and things yep. that focus on that, it's not the primary focus of most cons. I would agree with that. I, I would kind of expand cons to say they're about having fun. Yes. Um, and so even one like Worldcon that has a solid writing track, it has more events that are having parties or going and talking about your favorite episode of Doctor Who or these sorts of things where a conference really drills down into this is for somebody to learn to be a better writer. Yes, where we do have social events and dinners and things like that, the primary mm-hmm. focus is professional development for writers. Well, and even your your social events are very much about building a network, which is, again, about professional development for a writer. Yes. Mary, can you speak about why you like conferences, specifically over conventions? It It is the focus for me on... Uh, honing the craft. That's one of the things that we've been trying to do uh, with the Nebula Awards that that Mm -hmm. science fiction and fantasy writers of America have been trying to do with the Nebula Awards is turn it less from a convention, which is celebrating the reader and the reader experience, and more into a conference, which is helping the writer develop further. And one of the things that happens to you as you get further along in your career is that you want people who can speak to you about fiction on a higher level than a lot of times you're able to do in in a convention. And not always, and not all conventions. But one of the things that I like about Surrey in particular, and and just I'm going to use that as my primary example, is that the they will do, um, instead of having a panel, they'll do single presenter 
Yeah. Which allows someone to really drill down into a topic. And I will go to things that I'm not on, even if it's something that I don't, I feel like I don't really need to know anything more about that. Often that will give me a new lens and a new way of looking at something, much like actually our conversations will do for me. Yeah, you know, that's, I, I would say that's it exactly. Um, the difference between panels and classes. Yeah. Um, and science fiction cons can be great, but number one, everyone's there as a volunteer, mm-hmm. um, including the pros. And beyond that, there's this kind of tradition and the cons of having this big panel that may stand topic, that might not stand topic, and it really only ever touches loosely. It's more about presenting the authors to the audience and kind of some of their views, whereas a class, a master class, is, you know, an hour or two hours of intensive talk about a subject. Yeah, and I, I do want to say that, that with a convention, yeah. that many conventions are want to provide that experience yes. for a writer, that they want to give them... The, the the professional development, yep. but because they are frequently not bu- run by people who are writers, yeah, it it and it this is not a, a really because I know that we have people who are yep. I, I do not want people to think that conventions are not worthwhile. No, they're great. It's, it's just it is a different focus and. And knowing what the reader wants is useful. It's incredibly useful, but yeah. it is useful in a different way from the conversations that you have when you're at a conference that is run for writers. And when every attendee in the place is a writer. Yeah. Yep. That creates a different conversation, and it's not necessarily a better or worse conversation, but a different conversation than you get at a and reader it, event. And it's more focused. Yes. Now, there is something beyond this that I should just mention very briefly, and that is like the, the several-week-long workshop. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the next step. That's things like Clarion, um, where you're going to go, and it's like Clarion's like six weeks, isn't yeah. it? Um, and the, you know, that, is, that is kind of the, the, the next level of craziness as you go down this rabbit hole. I have found personally that conferences like yours uh, are very useful. Um, but I think that in getting ready for them, um, I know that uh, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Um, Neither did I. <laughs> and I would love to, for you to talk to our listeners just about how to prepare for one of these. You're going to get hit by a fire hose of information. Is there anything you can do to make that work better? You are going to get hit by a fire hose of information. Yeah. And our goal is that you're going to go home e- equally exhausted and inspired. Mm. I think in preparing for that, because so many writers are introverts, Spending some time alone before you come. Oh, okay. And recharging. And Mm -hmm. for people who are introverts, that sense of coming recharged before you get there because there's going to be a lot of talking to people and being out in the world when Mm -hmm. you're there. And having the mental space for that, I think, is really important. And then going in with an open mind. And Mm -hmm. sometimes people say that in one time slot, there were four things that I wanted to see, but in the other one, I don't know, there wasn't really anything that I loved. And sometimes those are where they go to the very best things for them because they didn't know that they needed to know it. I would say that, yeah, your notebook is something you want to bring. Oh, yes. Um, Maybe not even your tablet to type on. I always find if I have the physical notebook, I take more notes. And then when I type them into like my notes file of cool things I want to do, it, it, it reminds me of the whole uh, panel, and it kind of I tweaks some more things, and I write them down. I would really suggest that notebook. I yeah. totally agree with that. It, um, people engage more in the class also when they're writing on a notebook than when they have a computer in front of them. There, there, 
This is a tangent, but I will just say that this is actually backed up by science. Yes, it is. Mm. Uh, that, that taking notes by hand enables you to retain and process it better and more efficiently than taking notes by computer. Mary says, with her notebook open in front of her, where she's been taking notes at the <laughs> conference we're at right now. Yes, indeed. Yeah, it, it, it might be handy just to know, and, and I hope, as most of us do, you, what, what kind of learning style suits you the best anyway. Mm. You know, do you need to be sitting at a desk? Do you need to be lounging on the floor? Do you need to take careful notes? Do you need to be writing, you know, doing sketches because you're more visual? That, you know, these are the kinds of things you can do to prepare so that when you get there, you're ready to absorb as much as you can. You know, it works for me the best, and this is my unique chemistry of brain, I guess. Um, if I just write down what the person said, it doesn't do me any good. But if I think about, oh, how would I use this in a story, and I actually write down a story idea incorporating that, that is what works the best for me. And if I come home with, you know, 10 of these really solid story prompts where I've kind of added other things underneath it as I've been going to, uh, to different panels, that helps me remember the whole thing. And, and that's one of the things, again, that I like about the single presenter tracks mm -hmm. at, at Surrey and other writers' conferences is that they're able to give you exercises so you can do things like that as opposed to just listening to people offering their ideas, but actually being able to do things and try it out in the class. Yeah. The other thing that I like that is, is useful, and, and this goes back to what Kathy was saying about going in with the open mind, is that the difference between a conference and a workshop yes. is that a conference is basically a sampler pack. You can go in and experiment with a lot of different things and often find something that you didn't know that you loved. Or you can, you know, instead of going to a workshop and saying, I'm going to go to this workshop and then get into it and discover you don't actually like writing short stories. You, they're, they're not actually interesting. At a conference, you can try all of these yeah. different things and see what it is that clicks for you. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Absolutely. Let's stop for our book of the week. Um, and Mary's actually going to tell us about My Name is Red. So My Name is Red was written by Orhan Pamuk. And this book is only, it, you could argue that it's not a fantasy novel. Okay. But I think it is. It is the story, it's set in 1400s in um, the Ottoman Empire. Okay. And there's a murder. And the first chapter is from the murdered person's point of view. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> and every chapter is from a different person's point of view relating their experience. Oh, of every chapter's different. We do repeat occasionally. Okay. But it's, 
the, the person who is murdered is a miniaturist. And so each chapter is like a miniature capture of this person, of, of the people's experiences of this thing. Everything is looking at the details. Wow. And one of the things that is fabulous is that one of the narrators, they're all first person. Mm-hmm. One of the narrators is the murderer. And he says straight up, I am not, I'm going to tell you what happened, but I'm going to disguise my style so that you cannot identify me. So what actually winds up happening is that you, the reader, are the detective trying to figure it out. Yeah, which one of these that says to the murderer, which one of these other first-person viewpoints does it match enough to prove? It, it is wonderful book. It's not. It's completely outside of what I normally read, mm-hmm. and just loved it. My name is Red by Orhan Pamuk, and you can go over and pick up a copy on Audible. It's narrated by John Lee. So just go to audiblepodcast.com/excuse for and sign up for thirty day free trial membership, and pick up My Name Is Red for free. For free. Nothing's better than free. Yes. Um. So, Kathy, we mentioned networking earlier, kind of briefly. And I think this is one of the primary goals of going to a conference like this is to network not just with pros and agents and things like this, but with your peers. Mm -hmm. And it is so hard for a lot of people. Do you have any tips for people going who want to network, how they can go about finding their peers and talking to them? Absolutely. If you are coming to a conference like ours, pay to come to the meals. They have a package that allows you to come Mm -hmm. to meals, come to meals, because you are forced to sit at a table with people because it's a big ballroom and you have to find a seat and it's a very good start because it gives you a chance to talk to somebody. Um, Sit in the bar, go to bark on. The the other thing I will say about meals, particularly for introverts, is that it gives you a smaller group of people to deal with at one time. Mm -hmm. It's a smaller Mm -hmm. group of people to deal with at one time and it gives you something to do with your hands something you're focusing on other than being forced into a conversation because you're eating a meal. It's a little bit easier. And, but you can talk about the food. You can talk, you can talk <laughs> yeah. about the food. And all the people there are writers. So there is already common ground. There's a subject to start with, even if you are introverted or shy or any of those things, that you know that you have common ground. What are you writing is an easy starting question. Just to really let you guys know the importance of networking, uh, we have done the writing excuses cruise, you know, our own conference now three times. And when we ask people what they got out of it, almost invariably, the the thing they value the most is the the relationships, the networking they've had, not so much with us, but with the other attendees, the other writers, the other aspiring yeah. writers, you know. And so, you know, they're coming to see us. But that's not really the great thing they're getting out of it. We're peripheral to the primary benefit, which is now I have this incredible support group. I found all these other writers that, uh, you know, we've spawned. I've lost track of how many writing groups over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, some really great stuff happens when you come out of your comfort zone and, and make friends with these strangers. And that is the feedback that we get also. That's, that they come fantastic. for the professional development or to pitch to an agent or to yep. have a blue pencil appointment. But what they leave with is also the people that they've met and they come back for that as well as for the rest. You mentioned BarCon. Let me quickly define that. Oh, yeah. Um, Every con I've been to, science fiction con, and most conferences have this informal gathering that people hang out in the bar and kind of digest what they've, they've seen over the day and things like that or what they've heard. And they, we call that informally BarCon. Yes. 
Um, and if you go there, you will find people, and they're very open to talking, even if you are, like myself, a Mormon kid. The very first interaction I ever had with an editor was going to the bar at the Nebula Awards, ordering myself a Sprite, and striking up a conversation with the person next to me. I'm kind of more extrovert than introvert, so that wasn't terribly hard for me. It was still kind of nerve-wracking to do. Um, you will get better at it as you go more, and you know, sit next to somebody in a, in a in a panel, and then if you see them at the bar, go up and say, "Hey, did you know what did you think of that panel?" Strike up those conversations. You'll have lots of opportunities. And that is actually one of the advantages of going to a lot of panels is mm-hmm. that it gives you a common ground and something to talk about. And mm-hmm. sometimes the people that you address are the people that you saw on the panel. One of the things that I suggest is uh, when you are watching the panel, thinking about what it is that you particularly liked about it. So that when you see someone, you have a ready-made starting point for conversation. Yes. Several years ago, uh, when Worldcon was in Denver, they had a really great business track of Mm. business-related classes. And so I went to almost all of those and noticed another woman in particular who was in almost all of those. And I went up and introduced myself and said, hey, I've noticed you're at all the business things. Are you a writer? That was Gail Carriger. <laughs> and we became good friends and, you know, struck up that kind of networking conversation because we'd been at all the same panels. And it also works being at other panels. We have mm-hmm. multiple tracks. So people talk in the bar, what did you see? What did you mm-hmm. learn from it? What did you see? And share that information. Excellent. Um, is there anything you'd recommend that they bring other than a notebook? Are business cards a thing? Business cards are not a big thing at conferences, but lots of people do like to use them as an easy way of sharing information. Right. The agents and editors and stuff are not going to be interested in your business card, but some of your peers might be. Uh, Should they bring um, manuscript? For their own use in their hotel room? Absolutely. And possibly (laughs) some of the workshops, if they're working on works in progress, no one is going to take that away with them other than the person who brought it to the conference with them. But yeah, it can be useful to have a copy with you. For That's sure. why I ask people think that they can hand an editor. You're probably not no. going to do that. No. Um, uh, cough drops. I've always cough found drops. cough drops are a good thing to bring. A light earplugs. sweater. A light sweater, earplugs. Yeah. Bring your earplugs. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll find that very useful just in case. That's anytime you go to a hotel, but yeah. you know, you, you go and you find some random noise. The person in the room next to you is snoring or whatnot. Yeah, I use an eye mask, uh, Uh Mm -hmm. which helps, but I I do this because I travel a lot, but it it helps give me some consistency in my environment, Mm -hmm. Um, because one of the things is that you won't function as well at these if you aren't rested. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, And hydrated. And Mm -hmm. hydrated. Oh, yes. Thank you for saying that. Really important, even with Barkhan, alternate between... If, if you are someone who imbibes, alternate between alcohol and water. And actually, since since I am the one on the pan, the uh, the podcast who is not Mormon, mm-hmm. let me talk to you about Barkhan. It is really, really, really important that you do not get drunk. Oh yes, yes, Please don't get drunk. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> this should not be advice that I need to give to you, but at conventions at, as well. In addition to conferences, if you are there as a writer and trying to be professional, it is very easy to have a lot of fun and to forget that you are there and trying to make a professional impression. I would limit yourself to one drink and have a glass of water and then see how you're doing, but do not get 
drunk and really, like, the moment you feel that buzz, switch to something else because you do not want to be that person. We really don't want to be that person. <laughs> and they will remember that person. Oh, yeah. They will. won't remember you for your writing, but they will remember you for that. Yep. Well, Kathy, this has been wonderful. Thank you for coming on the podcast with us. Thank you for having me. Uh, we are going to have you give us a little bit of homework, or at least our audience a little bit of homework. I think that people should have a look, research some cons in their area, in their genre, and beyond. Right. Do some research. Find out what cons are near you, what conventions are near you, or con- conferences are near you, and ones that are far away but are specifically to your genre and things like that. That's great. Thank you so much, you guys who are listening. This has been Ryan Excuses, and you are out of excuses. Now go write. If you aren't familiar with Locus Magazine, they're a long-standing and respected website, magazine, archive, and resource for science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Basically, they're the industry magazine for our genre. They also run the annual Locus Awards, a top-tier award that recognizes new, diverse, and excellent voices in speculative fiction. They tell the storytellers' stories through author interviews, book reviews, curated reading lists, international industry news, obituaries, and more. Locus has meant a lot to me, both personally and professionally. In my career, I've been interviewed by them, and I've also turned to them as a source of understanding who is involved in the industry. Locus is holding their annual fundraising drive to keep their doors open, lights on, and future bright. I'll be contributing to their crowdfunding campaign by donating a cutscene, some original art, and a couple of other things like do you want to do a one-on-one chat with me? So join me in supporting Locus. 